I'll be reading Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then, came, then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor, favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. There are times when you don't want the singing to end. And this is one of those times. Um, we appreciate, we appreciate uh, what Andy has done, but man, it's an amazing thing to sit up front and hear you, hear you worshiping God and being a part of that. If you would turn in your Bibles, please, to Exodus chapter 35. Exodus chapter 35. I don't know if you've noticed, I don't know if you've, if you've been paying attention, but maybe you've heard or read that Purpose Day will be on December 9th. December 9th in just a few weeks. And for those of you who aren't familiar with this idea, that maybe you're a new member, maybe, you, maybe you've uh, just recently placed membership or have come in the last year, maybe that doesn't mean a lot to you. Not a lot has been said about what that means. And so Purpose Day, if, if you want to know, and more will be said, we keep saying it, more will be said later, I'm sure. But if you want to know, Purpose Day is the day that we as a congregation communicates to the elders how much we're planning on giving back to the Lord for the year and then what we're going to give weekly. And so I, I hope we realize that the amount that is purposed, the amount that we promise to give collectively will be what the budget is made off of for 2019. It'll determine the budget. See, the, the budget's not based on how much more we've given than what we've promised to give, but only on how much we've purposed to give each week and, and each year. And last year, and John Gately has said this eloquently and a few times from the pulpit during the announcements, last year, y'all, as usual, have been incredibly generous, consistently going over, giving more than, than the uh, budget that we've, that we've uh, come up with, that the elders have come up with based on what you've purposed. But the budget isn't based on how much more we give than what we've promised to give, but only on how much we've purposed to give each week. And I think that's important for us to understand. The budget will go higher or lower based on what we promise to give. And so last year, while the amount, again, was given over and over again throughout the year, it was over what, what the budget was, 
the purpose amount that we agreed that we promised at the at the end of last year was lower than the year before. So what that means is that the elders had to find ways to cut back in the budget. And so some things were cut back and some things may have been cut out of the budget. And so uh, th this church, again, this church family is to be commended for the generosity. And, and throughout the years, I've been amazed and just astounded and eventually just expect that if a need comes up, a special contribution needs to happen, that you as a congregation, as a church family, will more than meet those needs. And hopefully and prayerfully, we'll decide as a church family in a few weeks to promise to purpose more than we did last year. And when we do that, more will be planned more we'll be able to plan more in furthering the kingdom of God and in growing the body of Christ. In conjunction with that, in preparation for that, I hope that you allow me for a few moments uh, to talk for a little bit uh, just about an example that we have of giving from the Old Testament. A group of people who've found out what God's will was for them as far as giving what they had. And then they gave what they had in a wonderful, wonderful way. And so if you would, go over to Exodus, Exodus chapter 35. And we're, we're going to be working out of, out of this. And this book, Exodus, you may know, or if, if you haven't read yet, uh, and you will, hopefully, this is a book, this is a story of, of the Israelites coming out of Egypt, the Exodus, and literally means the going out. So this is a, a, the account, the history of, of the Israelites leaving slavery, heading to a promised land that God has promised them. At one point, the Israelites are out in the wilderness and God calls Moses up onto onto the mountain, and he communicates with him several things. And yes, we have from this interaction the Ten Commandments, but we have so much more information from God to Moses. God wants Moses to tell the people that he wants a tabernacle, and he wants a priesthood set in place. And so God tells Moses the details of what needs to happen in chapter 25. And then he reiterates in chapter 35, he gathers the people together and he tells them, this is what God wants you to do. He said he wants you to go home to your place of where you live in this wilderness, in the camp. Go and get what you have. Bring it to one place. Put it together. And then from those materials, we're going to build a tabernacle so God can dwell with us, with the Israelites in the desert. Um, God was very specific about what to do and how to do it. And it's very important. And people might not think, well, this is, a, this is the account of the Israelites going out, leaving Egypt. That's true. But 13 of the 40 chapters deal with the setting up, the building of the tabernacle, setting up and the, and the, the clothes, the robes, and, the, and the, decor, the decorations for the tabernacle and the priest and, and what they're going to wear and, and, the, and the emblems for the tabernacle. It's very important. It's very important to God that the Israelites finished, started this project and finished it. And if you look in verse 30, in chapter 35, 
you'll notice this phrase, whoever is of a willing heart, bring it as an offering to the Lord. In Exodus chapter 35, verse 21 has the response, those of those of the people whose heart was stirred, everyone whose spirit was willing, and they brought to the Lord offering for the work. They came, verse 22, both men and women, as many had a willing heart. God wanted people to have willing hearts in this situation so that they can bring these offerings to God and so that they can bring back what he had blessed them with, some of what he had blessed them with, so that they can start and finish this project. And when God's have children have willing hearts to give, and this is a beautiful account to read, and obviously we don't have time to read the account of all the things that Moses asked the people to bring, all the things that they bring, that they brought, all of those things that, that God wanted and they more than adequately supplied. A lot of information that we, that we can go over. But what I want to focus on is this idea of having willing hearts. Because when God's children have willing hearts to give back to the Lord, they are going to prioritize, prioritize what their task, what their mission is. It's an exciting thing for me to find out what God wants me to do. We want to follow God's will, but we want to know what God's will is. And as far as what we know as Christians, God's will is that we build up the body of Christ by reaching out and evangelizing, teaching people how to become Christians, how to be saved, how to have their sins forgiven, how to make sure that they're going to heaven. It is a wonderful thing to know God's will for us. Following God's will was the first and foremost in these people's hearts. Once they found out what God wanted of them, they went and got it. They immediately went directly to their dwellings according to the instructions from God through Moses. They got their stuff. King James later refers to it as stuff. They got their stuff. They brought it together. When we decide that we're going to follow God's will, amazing things happen in our lives. But first and foremost, we want to do what God's will is. We're going to follow God's will. We're going to put him first, his son first, his son's body, the church, first in our lives because we are part of this body, and this body is going to heaven. Each of us, individually, following God's will, following God's will as a family, following God's will as a body. And when, children, when God's children have willing hearts, they are going to prioritize what God's will is. And in this case, building up the body is going to take resources. But these people went immediately to their, to their dwelling places. Because they prioritized the mission. And then here, here comes this word that we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks. Purposing. They purposed. It doesn't sound like a verb. It's, it's, if you do something on purpose, then you do something intentionally. If you have a purpose, then you have a direction to go in life. But purpose as a verb, it describes a process that we're going to go through. There are some synonyms of the verb purpose. It's to calculate, to calculate, 
These people went and calculated what they had. They looked around and they found what they needed to give and they did. Well, on, on purpose Sunday, we will have calculated based on our prioritization of, we will, of giving back to God. We will have calculated, thought about what we're going to give. In other words, contemplate, synonym. We're going to be thinking about not just once or twice, not just the idea that, 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 that it crosses our mind. What are we going to give? How about this? Sure, whatever. It's another synonym, synonym, intend or to look or to meditate or to plan. And notice again the reaction of the people in, in 20 and 21 of Exodus 35. Notice this. All the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And everyone came whose heart was stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing. They brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting for all its service and the holy garments. People had a purpose. They purposed. They contemplated. They got home and they planned on what to bring. And they brought it. And they had this great, wonderful attitude about it. The people left Moses, went to their places of dwelling. They looked around to see what they had, what they could give, and then brought what they had decided or purposed to give and brought it to Moses. And to decide what we're going to be able to give throughout the year with willing hearts is a beautiful thing. Looking at what God has blessed us with and realizing what we will, understanding and contemplating what we will give back to Him is a beautiful thing. We, we know of a preacher. I don't, I don't know if you all know what happens when we go each summer at the end of the summer to polishing the pulpit. And this is a gathering mostly of Church of Christ ministers and their families. But now um, the Spears and the Sykes were able to go this year. But it is a, a wonderful event where you go and you're up. You are lifted up and you listen to incredible speakers give incredible lessons over the incredible word of God. And it is so uplifting. But it's a family affair, really. It's a family affair. And so ministers and members will bring their families, their wives and their children, and everyone will have something. to. And it's a growing experience. But we know of a preacher who wasn't, hadn't been able to go ever, but wanted to so badly, wanted to take his family. But he was preaching for a smaller congregation with very limited funds. And so they couldn't afford to send him and they couldn't afford to go on their own. But another preacher friend found out about that. Somehow found out that they wanted to go and they weren't able to. And so he talked to his wife about the possibility of helping them. But his children heard this conversation. And before he knew it, these children had gone into their rooms, opened up their savings, whatever they had it in, looked at it, purposed to give, and they collected money that they had been saving, this whole family. And they had it on the floor and they had more than enough to send this family to polishing the pole. What a beautiful thing to think, to look at your, what you have been blessed with and think, what can I do with this? Will I give it? And, and when will I give it? And how much will I give? It's a beautiful thing. So on purpose, when our hearts are willing to give back to God and we look at what we've been blessed with and what we'll be, give based on those blessings, 
we will see when our hearts are right and willing, we're going to see resources for working in the kingdom rather than possessions. That's important to understand. Yes, we have things. We've been blessed with things. We have possessions. But when we look at those, if we're looking through willing hearts, we're going to see blessings and resources. When God's children have willing hearts to give back the Lord, they're going to they're going to pledge. They're going to pledge. If you would turn into over to Acts chapter two, Acts chapter two. We had some reading from that just a few moments ago. I had a slide up that I didn't mean to put up there right at this moment, but I wanted to put up eventually, which I'll put up now because I just did. When we were growing up, my brother and sister and I, every Labor Day weekend after school started a few weeks later, we had a break. We would we would try to do that. We I don't know if you if, if our young people know even know who Jerry Lewis is. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Labor Day Telethon. Started in the 50s with Jerry Lewis. The MDA, the Muscular Dystrophy Association, started this, asked him to help, and he started this 24-hour telethon. Televised, obviously, telethon for 24 hours. And my sister and brother and I would try, starting in the evening, try to stay up all night watching these various entertainers, try to raise money throughout the nation up until the evening time, the next day, broadcast for 25, 24 hours, various celebrities coming, and then people would make pledges. What does that mean? People would pledge money, and then the amount raised was based on the promise of what the money, what the money, uh, were, uh, how much money was pledged. And so this idea... We find in Acts chapter 2, 45, they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. But we look on at 42 of Acts 2, we go back just a few verses, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And so we connect 42 and we connect that to 45. And what does it mean? Why would I use this as an illustration or as, a, as an example? Because these new Christians wanted to share with each other what they had and their goal was according to 42 they were devoted they had they were committed to making sure that everyone would be able to stay and listen to the apostles teaching and break bread with each other fellowship with each other and they were committed to making this happen and so they purposed their stuff and they sold their possessions what they had so that everyone could stay, they made a pledge and they followed through with it. The pledge that we have is, the, is going to be us communicating what we've decided to commit to giving throughout the year. And it'll be, it'll be said a couple of times before we purpose. This doesn't mean the amount that you have decided to give throughout the year doesn't mean it's set in stone because jobs are lost. Situations change, and you might have to lower your purpose amount, or you might be blessed enough to raise it, but things change. 
And when God's children have willing hearts, they're going to pledge. When God's children have willing hearts, they're going to provide. They're going to fulfill their commitment, keeping the promise. Look at, it. Look at Acts chapter 34, I mean 36. Acts chapter 36, verses 4 and 5. Israelites return with their treasures. And when they do, and I can't imagine what this looked like. This was an elaborate tabernacle and these, and these decorations that are going to be built. It's going to take so much, so many resources, so many things. And I just can't imagine what that looked like as these things were collected. I just in my mind's eye, just heaps and heaps of gold and silver and precious stones and, and fabric. But if you look at 36, 4, and 5, and we realize, we have to notice this, they ended up having more, more than enough materials to complete God's instructions. 35, I mean 36, 4, and 5, then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work he was doing, and they spoke to Moses. And the people, they said, the people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do commanded us to do and they brought more than enough they provided based on their on their commitment they provided not just enough but more than enough and again these people remind me of you in your giving and your meeting needs more than enough so much of the time if you would turn over to Ecclesiastes chapter 5, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, you think about, you think about what a little bit can do. And you might think, I don't have much to give compared to other people in the world, other Christians. But we need to understand that it's not about how much we give compared to other people. It's that we do because a little bit compared to what people, other people give. A little bit means a lot. There's a picture up here of, of, of posters. Posters. And they're posters from World War II. Scrap metal, rubber, various other materials. Used lard, cooking oil, fat was necessary because these because our nation is at war and we're running out of resources and so the call went out to the nation to give scrap metal to give scrap rubber to give scrap materials so that weapons can be built guns can be made vehicles can be supplied with tires ammunition can be made nationwide effort and they were the, our nation provided so many resources, but what they wanted was junk. What they wanted was junk. The Israelites, when it came time to give, they didn't bring any junk. They didn't bring any junk. They brought what they had. They brought what they committed to bring. There was no junk involved. It was all precious. It was all precious. And, we, and they made a commitment, and, and Christians in the first century in the New Testament made commitment. In Ecclesiastes 5, 4 through 5, when you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vowed. Better not to vow than 
to vow and not pay. Willing hearts give as they've prospered and as they've promised. And then finally, when, when willing hearts see the need and, and, and the will of God to give back to the Lord, they're going to see their giving produce fruit, the fruit of sacrifices. According to Exodus 25 through 29, the purpose of having their treasures come together was to build the tabernacle, to provide materials for the priests. All of them weren't going to be able to physically help build as it was going to take very, very skilled workers. But they could gather all of the supplies that they needed to build the tabernacle and then select men. And, and God names these people and gives these men and women abilities to, to do amazing things with what with the materials and resources that were given. And they're able to, based on their skills, do use their talent, but they were also able to teach others as well in their various fields of expertise. We read in Exodus 35 and 36. I asked permission to talk about this several months ago. Our water heater in the attic, a piece broke off and water started spewing out everywhere. It came through Addison's ceiling and it flooded that and water was everywhere still and it was just shooting out. Came through the ceiling and the second floor came out of the ceiling in the dining room and and it, the ceiling was just sagging with water. And if you've ever seen drywall wet and holding water, you know what it looks like. And water was pouring in and the laminate flooring started to buckle. But the remediation people came and they just cut out a big hole in the ceiling. Rightly so. That's what they're going to do. They remove part of the floor. Now the floor I can take care of. But that ceiling, I had no idea what to do. I had no idea where to begin. I have no idea still. And I watched Keith Robinson fill it up and put it back to where you can't even notice. So I asked permission to talk about him for a minute. I asked him just what would I do? What should I start with? And he said, well, here's what you'd start with and here's how you would do it from here in the, in the foyer. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. And he, so he said, I'll come over and look at it. And he's standing there looking at it, and he's telling me the process that I would go through. And I was thinking something along the lines of, is he speaking Martian to me? Because I don't get it. And I watched him, this skilled craftsman, make this hole in the ceiling disappear to where it looked brand new. It looks brand new. And I couldn't in a million years be able to fix that hole like Keith was able to. In other words, he's a very, very skilled craftsman. You look around the building, and I've mentioned this before, these rails, that window back there, the screen back there, the, the things that hold the, the bulletins, the membership board back there. All, so many things throughout the building are he has made with his hands because God has given the ability and the mindset to build the but i could i couldn't fix it but i could supply the funds 
for it to be fixed. I could buy, supply the materials that needed to be used to be fixed. And I believe that that's what I see in this beautiful account in Exodus 35 and 36 of these people bringing resources so that skilled craftsmen and women, artisans, the Bible calls them, are able to do with those resources, what God wants them to be done. We can supply the funds that it's going to take for Graber Road to do our part in growing the body of Christ. It's not up to all of us to decide how to use the funds. It's not up to us to go out and work as preachers and missionaries. Most of us can't. But it is up to us to provide the means to do that. It's up to us. And we can and you think about the little things. And man, I came up with a huge list of little things. The paper that we use to, to run off copies so that we can use them in the children's classes. So that the children can learn about God and the will of God and how to get to heaven. The, the pens that we have to write with throughout the building. The chairs. On and on and on. Things that we can use here. But then we send money overseas and, and in the States to the Philippines, to India, so that those preachers will have something to live on while they present the gospel to other people. This is an opportunity that we have to let God know we acknowledge you as the provider, but we also acknowledge your will to give, to build the church. Oh, man. Just, again, my mind's eye, as these people give this abundant amount of resources, they don't know the plans that God has. God, Moses knows, and he somehow communicated this to the artisans and the builders. But I just wonder what it was like for these people to watch this being, this, these things being built and thinking, this was my earring, this was my nose ring, this was my bracelet, this was my, was my vessel, this, this serving pot. I don't believe they had any idea how beautiful this thing was going to be. And I don't believe that when we give to, to the work of the Lord that we understand how beautiful the results will be for eternity. I don't believe we understand that fully. I believe we can try to comprehend and be excited about that. But I don't believe that I fully understand how beautiful, how beautiful it is. We have no way of knowing what the results of our giving will bring. On December 9th, we need to prioritize and then purpose, decide, go through a decision process, looking at what we have and deciding what we're going to give. On December 9th, we'll have an opportunity to pledge or promise in order to communicate our commitment to the elders as we go through the process of filling out those purpose cards on, on the morning of December 9th. And then we have the opportunity throughout the year to provide and fulfill those commitments that we've made to, to give those funds. And then we get to be excited about the eternal results and we will please God. And we have this scripture that we've used so many times when we talk about giving. But man, it's pertinent. Man, it makes sense. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Each one must give as he decided in his heart. Notice, must give, as he decided in his heart, not reluctantly, nor under compulsion, 
For God loves what? A cheerful giver. We give. We promise to give. We contemplate it. We make a promise. We provide. We watch for the results, for the, pro- for the production of the fruit. And we please God. We please God. I'm going to ask as we end, everyone, everyone, not just Christians, not just non-people who haven't, uh, been, haven't had their sins forgiven, but... Have you prioritized in such a way that God is your priority? Have you made him your number one priority? Have you purposed to give him your heart? Are you ready to pledge your life to him? Are you willing to give yourself over to him? Are you ready to please him by living a faithful life? And if you're a Christian and you haven't been thinking that way and pledging yourself and pledging your heart and promising, fulfilling your promise to God that you made when you became a Christian, you need to change something about your life. And I encourage you and challenge you to think about that and do so. If you're not a Christian, you haven't had your sins forgiven, but you know what I just talked about, that, that, that you need to prioritize God and make Him number one. You understand that you need to purpose, decide to to give yourself over to him, then actually give. You understand that based on your belief in Jesus as being the Son of God, you understand what you need to do. You understand about, about repentance. You understand about confession and about baptism for the remission of your sins. And then after you pledge and make this commitment, you have the opportunity to continually give your life to God. You understand and you're ready to, to take care of that. Let us know. And if there are any other needs that can be met by coming forward and letting us know, please do so now as we stand and as we sing.